0: This is a top to a, you know, what we use on stage, but it's very very special because if you can see, yeah, the numbers all go to 11. Look, right across the board. Oh. 11, oh, 11, and most of 11. The and then amps then we'll... go up to 10. Exactly. Does that mean it's louder? Is it any louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't it? It's not 10. You see, most most blokes, you to be playing at 10, you're on 10 here, all the way up, all the way up, all the way up, you're on 10 on your guitar, where Mm -hmm. can you go from there? Where? I don't know. Nowhere, exactly. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to 11. 11, exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11.
1: This is Waffle On Podcast.
2: Hello and welcome to Waffle on Podcast. My name is Simon Meddings, and I'm MC Kevin. And I'm speaking slightly slower than normal because it's a Saturday, and you just dead, it's a Scotch egg. I uh, well, not only a Scotch egg, Mister K. Let's uh, say exactly what they are. They were uh, what they? a cocktail, pork and tomato bites.
3: But Marks and Spencer's listeners, what a class traitor!
1: What a class oh, whoa, 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 whoa. you you, can, you,
2: can, you shop at Sainsbury's really? I do it. I'm, a, I'm an Aldi man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the time. actually, i Morrison's and Waitrose. To be fair, winter the, Waitrose always. That's the other
3: half,
2: is it? I'll tell you what. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> is there a food
3: podcast? So I think we should. Anyone wants from, to sponsor <laughs> us from uh,
2: from Waitrose? That would be that would be a great idea. Yeah, no, and as you know, normally we record. <clears throat> Well, uh, our wonderful little podcast on a, on a Thursday uh, after we finish our working week oh, yeah. and we're normally quite uh, tired and uh, rain, rain dead rain dead really <laughs> after 37 hours of monotony um, but it's a Saturday the sun's out and um, middle of the day and we're locked into a room and we're locked into a room we should have done this al fresco <laughs> <Yeah, that, laughs> no, hold on. now that would have been weird there we are sitting there with laptops out microphone <laughs> Mark and Spencer's nibbles yeah. and, uh, people and, might
3: start to talk Really? Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. We're well, talking about talking. We've got some shout-outs. Uh, we've Mark, got... Well, uh, really, really, I've brilliantly
3: done that. that hey, you see, I, I I you really see really how we done that Was You almost <laughs> thought you would have wrote it
2: down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We've got a couple of shout-outs. And we've also had two new iTunes reviews. I know. Which one first? Shout-out or iTunes reviews? Entirely it up to you. I'm uh, giving you the option. Let's do the iTunes review. Right, okay then. So, this one from D-Star Raw... D Star War. Okay. Uh, every podcast, is I dunno is it really? <laughs> I don't know no. I don't know. Think about that. Wait, wait, wait. Don't think about too much. <laughs> Apologies, D Star War, for that, <laughs> that inflammatory remark from Kelly. Um, every podcast I do, I love all the shows and films I grew up with, a pleasure to listen to and loved bad taste. Keep up the good work. So that's um
3: yeah, that's really weird because yet again, when we did that bad taste one, mm. we thought it was <laughs> it was crap. Again.
1: Like, well, no, well, we, do, we always we, we did
2: we well. We think everything we do is crap, right? <laughs> <laughs> which is the reason why our good listeners we're always quite amazed by uh, by your enthusiasm. Yeah, because problem. I don't think
3: we've ever done one where we thought that's brilliant.
2: <laughs> next next iTunes review here. I'm not 100 percent sure about this. <laughs> right, um, uh, uh, this one oh, I'm not sure about. Who's come from? No I haven't So uh, anyway Oh this one's from uh, Mahoney Right uh, Presumably not the one From, from uh, Police, Police Academy. Saturday, That'd be cool uh, if it was Steve Gordon It'd go. Steve Gordon. Uh, Lovely stuff Not my words The words of Top Gear magazine was
3: What that? the hell is that about them? I have no
2: idea um, Is it <laughs> Have we We haven't been No we've been in there No and
3: it's, I know it's an Alan Partridge quote
2: Oh is it could well be Yeah is it? Alan oh, I'm sure ah, it's Ah it is isn't it Yeah yeah Took me a while to get that one Good job you're here
3: <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I, I thought that's an
2: important thing who would say that. He's having yeah, parties, It could be it? a parties because we are doing parties, aren't we? We are doing parties. Yeah. yeah. More about uh, a and in a bit. Yeah. I'm sure you want to have a bit of a rant oh, about it's... that and as we do, we always like to have a rant. And our shout out goes to uh, Alan Ditchfield who sent us a couple of pretty cool emails and appears to have convinced his work colleagues to download a load of shows. So thank you to Alan, and thanks to all of his workmates, uh, especially the guy who's downloaded 57 hours. Fair play. Fair play, because I didn't know you could have that much crap on one iPad. No, no, I've got to uh, say, it's
3: <laughs> that, that would be like uh, Johnny's water Channel. Yeah, I must no, have, I,
2: did, I, did. I tell you what, that I, I have a sne- sneaky suspicion, this is, a, is only a sneaky suspicion, that uh, Alan possibly does a similar job to us, and, and must be uh, his, his saviour so. throughout his working yeah. days, his iPod or his earphones. And, yeah. and, uh, and obviously... We uh, we say so. Thanks, Alan. Uh, nice one. I hope you like the show. Uh, please do carry on spreading the word. And yeah. and if anyone does need medication for those fifty-seven podcasts, uh, don't look at us. We won't be sued. Uh, no, absolutely. we won't be sued So uh, I'm going to let you go for your rant for a bit. Off you go.
3: <laughs> well,
2: it's <'cause>... just <laughs> well. <laughs> you are giving up there? Are you? <laughs>
3: yeah, I am. I'm not going to be too because it's. I think this is a thing that me and you talk about. I know we've got quite a lot of BBC. Lovers.
2: Do we? Really?
3: <laughs> or people who defend the BBC. Right, the BBC do some good work. <clears throat> yeah. I'm not saying that because I watch BBC quite a lot and they have to pay my licence fee.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: BBC 4. BBC 4, you know, the, you know, the BBC 2, the good stuff. You know, QI and all that. Saturday Morning Kitchen. Yeah, you like that. But, <laughs> now something popped up, right, very recently on Sky, right. we've had the new series of Alan Partridge. Mm-hmm. right? And then on on Dave we've got the new series you're only saying this listeners so we can eat this is why he's got me talking could he stuff in his face if you're doing this but anyway Dave have got Red Dwarf and been the big talk is why the how are they not on the BBC when there were BBC commissioned programmes mm-hmm. then something come up on the radio in the week that Amando Inucci wanted Adam Partridge Mid Morning Matters to be a series on BBC 2 Was this the YouTube one? Yeah, Yeah, the the, Foster's Lager. The Foster's one that was, basically, that was 15 minutes and they'd shot another 15 minutes to make it into a half an hour. Got it, yeah. Yeah. He did, uh, like, some kind of seminar in the week, like a TV seminar talking about Veep and all the things that he's working on. And someone asked him the question, why wasn't Alan Partridge on BBC, the BBC? And he gave the answer that the BBC wanted to interfere and edit all of his programs now Amanda Anucci, is not going to work like that no so he went to Sky and Sky said do what you want so did they have they messed around in the thick of it which started off work well I don't think so well look, like I said it's hard to get the, the truth here is mm. this Amanda Anucci? is this I've read online that basically they didn't offer him enough money
2: yeah that's where I've heard it was mm. because, and I, that might have been some truth in that yeah, I think the thing is, I think Milo Nucci is a genius, right? There's no question about it. But I think he believes his own his own power. He knows well he's good. Yeah, yeah. And the trouble is, when you know you're good, it's the reason why we always say we shit. <laughs>
3: it's like Jeremy Seymour, it's that kind of thing. He's so big. Mm. Ricky Chavez like it as well.
2: Yeah.
3: He's mm. so big now that he knows he doesn't have to listen to anyone. That's dangerous, though. It is dangerous, but I can... Because I thought... <clears throat> it's not very BBC any moment but at the moment comedy is not going that way and this is what he was, his main mm. thing was about that comedy on the BBC is not dangerous anymore
2: no as it's, it was
3: it's basically true. Miranda now <laughs> I've got no problem with Miranda No, I'm not, not going go to go Miranda no
2: no because I have to admit I mean it's not my competition not I, th- I have a lot of respect for Miranda Hart oh. I think she's a fabulous uh, comedian and to be fair, I've seen a couple of shows, and I've giggled, I've laughed. But as you say, it's very middle-aged. But at least, at least, it's not my family. Exactly.
3: But the point is, I'd like to think in the year 2012, we'd have been more cutting-edge comedy
2: than Miranda. What's the, and most that's my problem, what's, what's the most cutting-edge comedy we have in the moment on TV? Um, I, I mean, I'm normal, big, but a standard TV.
3: Though. I, I suppose it's. I don't even know what it is. No. Is it maybe Not the Week?
2: I would probably go for the New Vic and Bob that I saw. I, I watched it the other day uh, sec- uh sexy uh what's it called uh, uh, sexy looking winners yeah <laughs> man i was dying see what i mean straight away i was on the i was on the cuz i knew for cuz i sent him that fan club uh, thing i must have been, we have a, a vicra years ago quick just a Quick diversion, we've, as we know we do. It's
3: a long story because mm. we are going we are eventually going to do this Vic Reeves podcast. We started mm. it ages ago and it went wrong, but we will do it.
2: Yeah, we didn't. We recorded it about two and a half years ago, and we didn't think we gave it justice, did we? Yeah, sort some way of
3: where we were getting a bit paid off in the podcast a bit. Yeah, we? yeah. So
2: we kind of changed the format. Now uh, I found in my uh, loft an old fan club video that I had from 1992 or 93, something like that. Uh, and I was a member of the fan club and I did the copy for uh, Ian Todd you know um, like Ian stand up comedian and he absolutely loved it and he was saying that he's, he's read he watched it and he said that's what I was doing like when I was 20 I mean he's quite young and so he's got, still got that feel so it still works now and watching their new show I don't know if it's a one off or it was a two but I tell you what it was it, it, it was like going back to yeah. old school Vic and Barbara. some of the stuff in it like the, his drawings yeah. amazing uh, the the uh, Barbara <laughs> Fallen that, yeah, I mean that bit with the the strange uh, bending over uh, and <laughs> That was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and that got a massive chud. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so uh,
3: yeah, God knows. So I, don't know, I think movie. there's a problem with the BBC at the moment, and it's like like I said, the Red Dwarf is like a proper homegrown cult with gut, and yet again they don't want it on the TV, which is the because str- no has
2: explained.
3: I don't think even.
2: Can't know. No. Well, he's explained Explain why it's on. Why it's on dying. I think. They, I think there, there must be. I'm sure there I'm, must be some yeah, reason. Yeah, if it's I'm a sure license, it. they couldn't afford the, There must yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. Anthony, uh, let us know because you did a Scott cast, so he's bound to know. Yeah. Uh, and I'm. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. 4th of October it de- uh, debut. Uh, so it's next. So we'll talk. We'll talk yeah, about we're, that we're next. We're month, so. Actually, no, we'll have to talk about it in November because you won't be yeah. away for, for you know, mean, a ours Yeah, it's all right. So I don't know. I'm still a little bit. I'm worried about Red Dwarf. Oh, I'm worried. I'm We've worried. talked about something on the trial, Didn't laugh on the trailers. No. And I'm worried about Kyle's nose. Weird. He does look weird. But we'll talk about that in yeah. future episodes. Um, so let's crack on. Now, what we're we going to be doing is this is going to be a fairly long podcast. Um, so I do apologise. So I did pull a little bit of a poll out on Facebook to see what people wanted. If you wanted a long podcast or if you wanted it in two parts. A uh, major consensus was uh, just one big podcast. Because at the end of the day, guys, you can pause it after... Uh, well, however long this turns out, we don't know... You can pause it and come back another, another day or another time. Now, instead of us playing clips from the films, because uh, there are two you know, TV series and a film, really, isn't it? Um, we're going to play the music from it. Um, and we're going to play the full tracks. So that's what you're going to get. So um, we might announce them, or we might just slip them in. Who knows? Um, we don't know. Now... We're going to talk about Bad News, which is a British based comedy TV series. There's two episodes, and this is Spinal Tap, the film. Uh, Spinal Tap, the band, which was made in 1982 83, released in 84. Uh, so speaking of American versus Britain, but they're both British bands. So, Carl, we're going to talk about Bad News first, aren't we? Yeah, we are going to do Bad News. So, I think the best thing to do, if we're going to talk about Bad News first, we may as well play their signature song, Bad News! <laughs> bad news. Bad <laughs> kind of musicianship, doesn't <laughs> There is an offer, and that's probably the difference between bad news and spontaneous, but we'll oh, yes. talk about that and then the round up right at the very end. So, uh, bad news <clears throat> years active 1983 to 1988. Uh, the members are now, this is the members of the band, and we'll talk about the acting in a minute Vin Fuego, Den Dennis, Colin Grigson, and Spider Web. Now, bad news made their uh, television debut back in 1983 in the first series of the comic strip presents now those of you who would have listened to our Ritman and Adrian Emerson episode may know a little about this already because we did talk about that I think we played Warriors again I something like that Um, now this was written uh, by uh, Peter Richardson and Pete Richards, I think, who wrote virtually all of the comics. Yeah, the it's a,
3: it's, a bit, it's like that thing isn't it, where you just assume, assume when you watched it. Oh, it must have been Ra- 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 Rick Martin and Edmondson, mm. but they weren't the most they weren't the most prolific writers. Anyway, were
2: no, they? no, not really. I mean, Carry On Columbus it really sums that up, I think, really. <laughs> um, and also, I mean, Richardson's first film was Eat the Rich. Yeah. Which is another hit in this film, really. Very dated as well.
3: Yeah, again, he, 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 was, he was the
2: weakest performer, but probably the best writer, wasn't he? Yeah, but... <clears throat> He also appears to be able to play the drums. <laughs> yeah, I, I
3: just know that. He, I think he, yeah, he
2: could play I, the drums. I think he, he could play it? the drums because he does seem to be able to play the drums. Um, yeah, so the episode Bad News Tour took a form of a satirical uh, Fly on the War mockumentary in which the incompetent band is followed travelling to a gig in Grantham by an almost equally inept documentary film crew. Uh, it seems to take much inspiration uh, from Mark Adele's 1976 BBC documentary So You Want to Be a Rock and Roll Star that followed The Cursal Flyers around Scotland and North East England. Now, ironically, and this is why it's, it's quite good the way we're doing this, um, this episode also quickly, uh, was in, a sa- in production at the same time as Spinal Tap.
3: Uh, it's a real... It's that... What the You know, the proper term is a serendipity, isn't it? Mm. Serendipity where random things come together. It happens all the while with Hollywood. All the while, doesn't it? Yeah. Like you had Dante's Peak and Volcano come out at the same time. Uh uh, Armageddon mm. and the other one with the a- asteroid in the uh, one with Robert yeah, DeValle Sudden Impact Sudden Impact yeah, yeah. He, he had loads of or was that the, the, the Harry one? Uh, deep, uh, impact. Oh, well,
2: deep Impact Deep <laughs> Impact Sudden Impact what that's what I want to see Dirty Harry <laughs> shooting a air? but
3: it's weird we, well, no, no, this would have been because a lot of them films worked like that because they all knew they were making them mm. there's no way they would have known about each other No. so it, it is a weird time I think it, it, is, it was yeah. the time where uh, early it, was metal. The, <clears throat> it was after punk, and it, punk metal was changing, wasn't it? Especially bad news because they was supposed to be the, like, the new wave of British heavy metal. Well,
2: you, you 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 know more about heavy metal than what I do, and, and, and uh, would you would you agree that Black Sabbath was the first pioneers of heavy metal? Would you, say? Or, or would you say something like the Stooges? Or uh, like I, well, I mean, th- I know, there's I a very interesting thing. This is why, because
3: you can look back and go, "Well, was it a load of people?" Say the Who with mm-hmm. the first metal band—that's rock and roll, though, isn't it? Exactly. What do you want? To me, I say classic metal band. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's Black Sabbath. Right. Uh, Led Zeppelin to me were never a metal band, and Deep Purple were never a me- metal band. I pl- the playing songs in that world, but to me, true heavy metal wearing black long you know, mm. rocking
2: out. It also, Led Zeppelin Me and was based around the rhythm and blues. Well, there were blues, weren't right? no, there? Yeah. were a blues
3: band. It was that, mm. you know, rhythm and blues where they were truly their own. I, yeah, I, would, I know. Loads of people might say a band in America called Blue Cheer, but no, they, they, they were just bands who mm-hmm. were really loud. I'm talking about metal yeah. with chugging riffs, screaming guitar solos, yeah. heavy drums, singing about the, you af- you know, esoteric matters. I'd <laughs> say definitely it was Black Sabbath. Mm. I, I, yeah, I know people so,
2: are going to so, argue so, it with us mate. Yeah, but, I mean, well, we're talking about Britain, mainly Britain on this point because because of, of bad news. So, Black Sabbath came along, when, about what 74? Well, no, well, no, <laughs> they were gigging in sixty eight, but sixty eight. So, I mean, I, I mean, a claim kind of like 70, really, 70. yeah. And so they kind of started off heavy metal. Then we got punk came in. Well, disco came in. That got killed off by punk. And then after punk was started, build up of new romantic, and the, the other side of that was the kind of the makeup wearing uh, heavy metal band. So if we take the the makeup style, what band in Britain would be that kind of style? Do you think?
3: Well, when I said it was a new wave of British heavy metal, also, uh, well, basically, there's a band called Venom. Mm-hmm, Yeah who were in the late 70s, they were very much like that. And then you had all them like Uriah, this is what they were meant Mm. to be, like Uriah Heath, Iron Maiden. Motorhead. Yeah definitely Motorhead hmm. Definitely Motorhead Even Motorhead With her own if, Even though no, If you had said to Lemmy Would you have a metal He said no We're a rock and roll band But to me they're
2: Well what, what was Lemmy's First band um, Hawkwind. Hawkwind. So do you think There's a bit of Hawkwind Mixed in with Bad News so, Yeah I think A lot the stuff There's a lot stomp- of homages Go on isn't I mean, there t- With Colin Greekson Who's played by Ritmail Doing his tongue who's that? Even? Is that just a kiss kind of thing do you think yes yeah, a bit of kiss. I think mm. definitely that's the Gene Simmons thing because he's yeah. the one who, who sort of mm.
3: it's a lot of things it was just the you know that new wave of Milt Brita Hever was a really interesting thing anyway because it was like classic rock but with the urgency of punk and that's where that come from I made them of that yeah. I made them played metal played metal songs like a punk
2: band mm. and that's what they that's what's really quick I saw a good um, documentary on uh, Boozy Three um, about uh, Iron Maiden the other day actually. Uh, and it's really, really quite I've got a lot of time for Iron cup- Maiden. I like the people. It's not <clears throat> my cup of tea. I was never into it. No.
3: I find it all a bit theatrical for me. Mm. But there's no doubt they are, they are good and influential because without Iron Maiden you wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have got anthrax.
2: You wouldn't have got thrash metal because yeah. they come from Iron Maiden. Mm. um so, the Bad News Tour is episode for featuring songs written by Agent Edmondson and Simon Brinch that do not appear on either of the Bad News albums, which is a little bit weird. Hence the reason why I don't have the songs. Uh, these are rare tunes, such as Bad News Version 1, the Motorbike song, aka okay, doing, doing a Tonne Down the Highway. <laughs> a brief snippet of a song whose uh, title is totally unknown and almost in, uh, almost complete is a live version of Mr. Rock'n'Roll. These tunes represent the only released Bad News material not produced by, well, co-produced, by Queen guitarist Brian yeah, May, right. or I think get a lot art. to do. With it. <laughs> yeah, when you, when you get to there. Um, now the band continued to tour throughout most of the decade, releasing an eponymous title album, consisting of thrashy rock songs punctuated by frequent squabbling among the band members. You might hear a bit of that on a couple of tracks. Brian May produced a record which included a cover of Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody. We are not playing that because it's an abomination. And that track peaked at number forty-four in the UK singles chart in September nineteen. So like they actually did proper tour as a band. Yeah, kind of a thing, yeah, the other thing well they did the tube, didn't they? Yeah, but, they did the uh, tube. But let's shall we throw in another one of their songs? Go <clears throat> on then. Let's throw in drink till I die. Uh-huh. <laughs> ghastly you uh, you laughing here uh, at Colin Grigson shall we call him at he's, the end of that <laughs> he's so good he's so good <laughs> he's brilliant um, so let's just talk about the people that are in this for a start because I think it's only right before we just give the last bit of information about bad news um, Adrian Edmondson plays Vin Frigo. Um, who do you think he's major ripoff? Do you think it's David Lee Roth or kind of or, um, what's his name uh, for Metall- um, Megadeth Was Megadeth going in '83?
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, oh mm. well. Um,
2: Wasn't he still part of Metallica? He's still part of Metallica. But, yeah, but everyone knows who
3: Diamond's type. Yeah. It's that. It's the hair, you see. It's that big. front man who thinks he's a lot more than he is. He's a bit of our uh, Mike Woody as well, isn't he? No, no, no. But it's a yeah, bit yeah. in there. He does it. Who, is who <laughs> thinks he's better than yeah. it's his band? If it weren't yeah. for him, that you know, they all need to be. Worthy of him, that's very much what he is, isn't mm, it? Mm, well, he's just sort of lose a loser like the rest of him, really, isn't he? Yeah, it?
2: yeah. And uh, like on the, on the, the program, uh, he's been interviewed. I think this is on the the more bad news, isn't it? And he's being interviewed by Jennifer Saunders, ironically, who's actually his wife now. And she goes, "Oh yeah, well, I've got. I've, I had inspiration from John Lennon. He came and spoke to me at night." And he goes, what did you write? He goes, Imogen. <laughs> and he goes, well, didn't he write a song called Imagine? He goes, no, it's called Imogen. Yeah. And he is basically just... Yeah, but with a bust and overbeak. With a, a bust and over <laughs> <off. laughs> uh, Den Denny's played by Nigel Planer. <clears throat> you go on, because I know what you're Well, mean, like. it,
3: it, it, I think Nigel Planer is one of them comedians has been forgotten about in comedy. Hmm. I know... He, you know, he could become a serious actor, but there's no doubt in the eighties he was brilliant. Yeah. Neil and Den Dennis, <laughs> you can't get two completely different characters there.
2: No. and he was so brilliant, and then Dennis has, has some of the best lines in it, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, the, when you look on YouTube, um, because the, the, it's, it's funny because the the DVD release of the comic strip has been edited. And um, if you've got the videos, like is what I gave you, the, the copy yeah, of the yeah, video. I don't know, I think it's just snippets taken out. I'm not uh-huh. too sure what. Maybe it could be copyright of It's totally it music. Well. yeah. Yeah, totally the up kind of thing, which I think ruins it because the whole yeah. idea is a mockumentary. Yeah, yeah. But um, there's, there's one on, uh, on, on YouTube where they're doing a video for one of their songs. And the idea is they all walk in there on the front, and it's like, if we've had the music on. And like, Colin Grigson walks off. he does his tongue then Vim and then Spiderweb and then Den walks off. and he just walks past with a load of wood. <laughs> I found a load of this to get in the back of the van. And it's really <laughs> yeah. weird the way that he does it. But he's so underrated in it. He? He's so underplayed because he's meant to be really thick, isn't he? Yeah, he, no, he's just, he, you know, he's the one who is the, the most
3: realistic <clears throat> metal person.
2: Yeah. All he wants to do is get pissed. Now, this, this, this what we we're going to talk about now is in the second episode, more bad news. In the hotel room.
3: Well, <laughs> it's it's a great bit isn't it that mm. is because I think because basically you need to know there's an un, 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 there's a running joke all the way through it The Vim might be gay
1: yeah
3: right <laughs> and there's obviously something going on in it because he keeps getting really on the line about it <laughs> so they're all they're all getting drunk and it's the night before Castle Donington so they do the classic thing like every club of lads must have done next pretend to be the who <laughs>
2: Okay, yeah
3: and it's got the classic line in that because then Dennis because uh, he's like he's running around the thing going bad news at Castle Donington. then it's got the classic line is
2: I'll be Pete because <laughs> no, it's my idea oh, to be... so the spoiler goes I'll be Keith Moon yeah and then be... Dennis goes I'll be the one no one, one does. knows <laughs> Which is John then song. you get it's, uh, I'll
3: be Pete Tandon. He goes, I can't be Pete then He goes, why not? Because I'm not a queen. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but before he says that, then Dennis, Nigel playing him, he's going... He's, he's going, going mad, go isn't he? He's smashing up the hotel room. And look, I think he accidentally hits one of them. And you hear, I think it's Rick Mayle, drops out a character slightly, and he goes hold on and I think he gets to say nice doesn't yeah. he but he suddenly swaps it to Dan and they started to laugh he's cracking up especially man and he always could
3: keep it he together because he was the worst for making people laugh is not he so they're
2: still cracking up and then he and then, then kind of like Adrian Emerson tries to pull it together going going. Uh, I'm a singer so I should be Roger Dortmund because you can't be Roger and that's what he says because I'm not a queer and then they have a massive fight <laughs> and it's like the,
3: my, my uh, Dan has got some of the best bits it's like when they first came to them studios and Vim walks he goes where's all the guitars then Rick goes in and goes where's all the groupies then Spoma goes where's all the drugs then Dan comes in and goes where's the toilet and he goes who's been in this toilet could have been Edith Clapton Ozzy Ozzy, Osbourne who was he
1: Rama. oh Oh, dear
2: mate oh where are we now on here oh okay so, um, the most memorable appearance uh, for Bad News is, like, Calso, when they played the Monsters of Which is what? a pretty amazing
3: Festival. thing when you think about it, because, oh, yeah. especially then, the Donington now is not download. It oh, was no, no. rough. Yeah, Dunnington was, was rough. It was, it was known for uh, bottle fights. Yeah. That's what it was famous for people, well. People died there all the while. There's all, a website
2: don't... dedicated to classic Castle Dunnington um, gigs. Oh, is that? And um, I looked up the 1986 one, which was this one, and I've actually dedicated a page to Bad News. Because they actually said that when they played. They weren't actually too bad, and they actually, you know, uh, encouraged the band to throw bottles of piss at them. Which, they, of course, they were. They were like, plastic bottles filled with urine, and they actually didn't do a bad set. Yeah. But you know who the, um, according to the guy who did the review of it, the killer band was uh, Scorpion. Scorpions. Scorpion. Scorpion. Yeah, yeah. That sums
3: up the kind of metal place it was. Then it was Ozzy apparently was atrocious, but he was really wrecked about yeah. that time. But when you watch that, you see all the stuff coming, they're getting hit by apple cores and everything, aren't they? Mm. And it shows you they did that for real
2: yeah this is no mock gig yeah I think the, I think the music that you, you hear is, is overdubbed slightly because that, they were they, they played were, about 20 minutes as well didn't they, well, they, they did, I, did, I think they did about 4 or 5 songs which is a pretty impressive up. thing mm.
3: because if you look at their face they look truly awed when they oh, because yeah. there's a the bit where they um, first go there you know when they're walking round and they go I want speakers like this it looks like they're doing it the same for real didn't they? Yeah, yeah. because I want things as big as this I need a
2: microphone on the desk. But the, it looks
3: uh, like they are really impressed. And when they oh, walk they, on stage, you see they say,
2: do look nervous. Anderson's face, you can see. Oh my no, god, we're on stage in front of hundred thousand yeah. people. It is a bit. I mean, Ruth Mal seems to go for it, doesn't he? It really, oh, as, <laughs> as, you, as, you, as you'd expect. And I suppose at the end of the day, I was, uh, Peter Richards, Peter Richardson, who plays Spiderweb, as we mentioned earlier on, who, uh, who wrote virtually all the comic strip series see, Um he just looks like he's like thinking, "Bloody hell Do you, I think as well? Peter Richardson is the only one who's got real hair. You know, yeah, or, yeah. Well, because probably, we obviously know. Colin. No, in the first series, I'm oh, not to sure about the first. Me, in the first episode, I think Rick Miles' hair looks quite real because they're quite young, then, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, so, and they did, and, and like, so they could be, and obviously uh, Nigel no, Plainer had long hair. Anyway. From Neil, but I think yeah. more bad news. I think because obviously Colin gets his wig ripped up. <laughs> <laughs> He's working in the bank. <laughs> what are you doing? Working in a bank. Um, and, no, and old uh, Dennis looks a bit false as well, so it could be a, a little bit weird. But um, yeah, so they they did the Monsters of Rock festival, and as we saw on here, um, more bad news was broadcast on Channel Four in nineteen eighty-eight. It actually featured the whole. Uh, oh, There's on-stage antics that was omitted from the final cut, um, and this was because they actually do the whole thing of like coping with the band throwing stuff at them. So they was trying to actually hit the stuff back with their instruments. It's
3: really mad to think, you know would would a, what a
2: someone do that now for comedy you can't imagine it can you mm, you know what you know what I'm going to say now right, is just to say how downhill things have gone there the person who does that now will be somebody like Peter Kay hmm. who'd come on attempting to get everybody to do your what's say that, that song is on the damn to no, oh, i know. I'm a real <laughs> I'm a real love, yeah I was take back to politics but you know
3: they did it because you think and you're going to think as wow, well, not that many
2: people knew who Bad News were. Yeah, of course. And to that's the it,
3: thing, isn't it? They yeah. went on
2: stage and most people were thinking, did I think it. the only people who would know who they were were the people who'd seen the original 1983 documentary, yeah. the, the original comic strip. So, but according to this, one of the um, kind of like the traditions and of welcoming the band on stage was to actually throw bottles at them. That, that? That's not going to happen in mm-hmm. morning music, is it? No. Well, they take the bottles off, you don't know. That's yeah. the reason why they take the caps off bottles now when you go into festivals.
3: Yeah, but there's no that I know Donnington you know, download Dunnington, whatever it's called now. It, it's all really popular, but to me, it's, it's not Donnington.
2: No, no. They, uh, it says here, before the performance began proper, the band spent a lot of time running on stage dodging missiles deliberately to warm the act up. I noticed there's a couple of actual people with banners up there saying we're got bad news, is there? They also did a low-key London show at the Marquee Club. Oh,
3: no, uh, so that's gone as well,
2: isn't it? With guest appearances by Jeff Beck and Brian May now, now their major single that they had in the in the TV series was uh, Warriors of Genghis, of Genghis Khan so I think it's only right that we play Warriors of Genghis Khan right now and uh, of course um, as Den does quite happily point out he hates Barry Marley yeah.
1: I'm a warrior the blood won't wash away I'm a warrior I'll kill myself one day Shooting, but a, rifle and a shooting. Oh, yes I do, I kill for you. Oh, come on, baby, won't you take my hand? Oh, come and kiss the in
2: And, uh, but that was the one that was made the video. Oh, we yeah. going. What? It's, it's weird, though, isn't
3: it? Because I actually prefer the version on the when they're doing the video than the actual record version because it's slower. Yeah, it is. And it? it's more and it's
2: more rocking because it's really fast on the record, isn't it? So would you would you say um, what's the best out of the two? Bad news or more bad news? More bad news, isn't it? Because it's because of the tour
3: yeah, I just think it. Mine's just been young because, I've, you know, this was a very. We used to watch this basically most weekends before we went out, didn't we? Mm. But the first one's got. I refuse to be filmed, <laughs> which we used to use all the while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah I, I think it's more bad film. news. I just think it's 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 it's, a, it's quite. It's very rough around the edges. The first one, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I think it is. Well, it's the first who's of, uh, of yeah. the comic strip, and you
3: can see it's got that. British TV
2: in the early 80s, sheen to it. <laughs> yeah, really it does, not it? Really dull. I mean, yeah, it's, if like, it's, it's like watching the early versions of Only Fools and Horses, which is a bit weird. Yeah. Um, their discography, it had Bad News, which came out in 87, which reached number 69 in the charts, uh, followed by Bootleg in 88, uh, Bad News exp- Extended Edition uh, in 89, which is the one I think I've got. Uh, 92, the Cashing compilation, 2004, Bad News re-release on EMI International. Videographer, you had You and Rhapsody uh, from 88, Comic Street Classics uh, from 88, and Bad News Tour, the live performance in 92. Um, the songs, over the band's seven releases, some songs appeared on one another, e.g. Cashing, on, Cashing In On Christmas, the dub version, appears on both Bootleg and the third version of the band's self-titled debut album. Also, songs such as Hey Mr Bassman and Hey Mr Drummer appear as separate tracks on the second version of Bad News, whilst together as one track on the third version of Bad News, using just Hey Mr Drummer as the title. Um, Which I'm sure that's mine. So we've got a list of songs here, so I'm just going to read a few of these out. Um, AGM, AIDS, (laughs) Bad News, Bad Dreams, Bohemian Rhapsody 1 2, Cashing In on Christmas, the Dub version, Dividing Up the Spoils, Double Entendre, Drink Till I Die, Excalibur, Heavy Metal Farmer, Hey Hey Bad News, Hey Mr Bassman, Hey Mr Drummer, Introducing the Band, Life With Brian, Locked In, Making of Master Bike, Master bike. Master bike's my favorite. We're, them, gonna, so. well, we're gonna We're going It's I'm gonna just really, that. really heavy. <laughs> uh, maybe we should plug the guitars in. That's actually a, a, a thing of. Uh, <laughs> we've been here for. We've been here for five <laughs> hours. And maybe we should plug the guitars in. O levels pretty woman trousers vimy's angry. Why is the Genghis can't and wedding. So uh, let's end our bad news tour with uh, Cal's favorite one. And Cal what is that called? Master bike. Uh... A true swear word there, Kel. <laughs> Good old Anglo-Saxon word for you there. He <laughs> was, was indeed. Let's not explain anything more about that. But uh, well, there you go. If you uh, listen to this podcast, you should know what you expect by now. So, that was bad news. So you've got a bit of a flavour of bad news there, comic strip version. And now we're going to go on to the American film uh, about a British uh, uh, heavy metal group called Spinal Tap from the film. Um, this is Spinal Tap. Kel, your initial thoughts. Well, weirdly, because you, you
3: stopped me talking about this earlier, didn't you, before the podcast, because I've got a bit of doing that.
2: <laughs> yeah, you talk about everything we're going to talk about before we start recording. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, like I said, it's that classic thing to me. I know this, sen- this sentence doesn't make any sense. It's the same, but different. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't make any sense, but you, people know what you mean, and that, yeah. oh, it is the same. Faster, but slower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's completely—it's a completely different world, but I was telling you the interesting thing that it's actually based on, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So so, uh, informal, yeah, well
3: basically, it? uh, it's a parody of a film made in the 70s called The Last Waltz, which was about the band, who was uh, Bob Dylan's backing band, their last tour, and it's then been really, really deep, and sort mm-hmm. of about the blues, and... So it's spirituality, <laughs> and one want to do a jazz side project. Oh, oh
2: I gotta see where you're coming from. Okay. And,
3: and it's like, it's a good, I'm, I'm not saying it because it's a, it's got some brilliant music, and I know I love the band anyway, I love Bob Dylan, hmm. but it is very po-faced. Yeah. And this is trying to be the same. I think actually, I think it's actually a better written film than bad news yeah. it's a lot
2: subtler isn't it
3: oh definitely it, it's you know it's oh, think, a proper I think, story
2: yeah, I think bad news is more subtle do you? I do because only because of the fact that you get the impression of bad news they, they, Spinal Tap has had success I mean during the film that this is Spinal Tap they, their success is waning pretty badly yet they have been a huge band as bad news their, not- their their major gig obviously is, is Castle Donnington, but during the first series episode of Bad News, they play to was it four people and one of them's a dog, okay. <laughs> so they don't really have the success. So. And their van that they're driving in is Alan Metcalf's de- decorating the beast. Yeah, Spinal Tap, of course. They, are, you know, you get the essence that they are at, they were at the peak. Yeah, and you're seeing a band who still thinks they should be the most important band in the world. Well, there's a bit of sadness yeah.
3: in there, isn't there? There is sadness yeah, in mean, we'll get, we'll get Spinal to that, Tap, yeah, especially, that? You know,
2: especially towards the end. Which is the reason why actually I never used to like it when I first saw it. I always preferred Bad News. Ironically, now after watching Bad News and watching Spinal Tap last night, my th- they're probably equal now. I appreciate Spinal Tap a lot more I think it's
3: a fantastic the thing with
2: it it's just so well done Spinal Tap mm. isn't
3: it and like I said it's got a where it hasn't really got there's a there's a story arc yeah. in Spinal Tap there isn't any bad news really like you said because they're always never going to be big yeah. and it's all built up the, the build up for the Dunnington is basically he's a payoff of a joke because mm. the end beat where they all get beat up where this has actually got a proper story hasn't it where you want it's like the two best friends splitting up Yeah. the woman coming in between them. Yeah. and you want them to be you friends to again, to and again and when that happens at the end it's a really lovely moment and for a second when I first saw that you believe it's real yeah. it's a real band I was, I was
2: thinking that because the, the big thing about Spinal Tap and also as well with Bad is to a certain degree but definitely with Spinal Tap is that everyone? When they first saw that, did think that they were a proper band. There's no
3: doubt; it's so believable. I
2: think that works as well because the stars of this—we'll we'll mention the stars now—because uh, they did the music, they star obviously starred in it, they wrote it, and I think also kudos to um, Rob Reiner, really, who plays Martin Duburgh, who's yeah. also because everyone knows Rob Reiner has been a you know the very well-known yeah. director. He keeps the whole of this film going. Now, there's a four and a half version, four and a half hour version of this available on bootleg oh. okay but Rob Ryan cut it down to the 90 minute just of the two hour version that it is for obvious reasons and I could, yeah I'm going to try and get hold of it so got it so it's written and all the music is done and they play all the music by uh, Christopher Guest, Michael McKean and Harry Shearer now a lot of people will know Harry Shearer nowadays you, any younger listeners out there we well, know Harry Shearer from being the, one of the main voices in The Simpsons. He does like Montgomery Burns and you know Ned Flanders. Does some of the best voices. He, he does the best plan. Yeah, I mean he is brilliant. Um, Christopher Guest and Michael McKean are uh, acting never. Uh, Christopher Guest, of course, you know, if you're a comedy writer, oh, then you look at him. Yeah, you best look in at Ricky Gervais. They all look up to him yeah. right and, and also in one of the
3: maddest ever X-Files episodes. Now is that Michael McKean? Which Do you remember It's a reading really Mental Mc- episode Where he went into King's Someone else's ha- Yeah it's the Michael Malcolm- it like, McKinnon Malcolm- yeah. He's the
2: blonde hair guy Michael Malcolm-
3: McKinnon Yeah Because like a really Mental episode like the, the the Prisoner episode
2: where really he changed his face when he was off doing another film, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, which was a bit, uh, which was a little bit weird. Um, yeah, Christopher Guest. He's, uh, I'm sure, isn't he the one who's married to Jamie Lee Curtis? And he's also British. Mm, weird mm. he's a Lord. So um, now the interesting thing about it, we're going to mix the two in here a little bit. We're going to talk about this is Spinal Tap the film and also Spinal Tap because it band. will come in won't it because it's really hard because the history of the band is actually in the film. Although when you go on some websites. And I think it's, been, it's all been right by that. That actually created the whole story of it. There's one interesting thing that I'm going to talk to you about in a, in a little bit. It's probably one of the only geeky facts i found. It's actually a fact, because you can read it. No. But you don't just find anything. Oh, my God. Because they're law, the all law from around Britain, but they're all in places where you don't exist. Um, Do you know what I mean? Which is, like I think, like, uh, Derek Smalls by Harry Shearer. He comes from the West Midlands. And it's like Dunford or something like that. Really weird. But that's weird. Oh, he's my... I might as well tell the geeky fact... He wears a Shrewsbury Sh- United yeah. top from 1982. It's a Shrewsbury kit from 1982. Yeah. But he wears a West Ham hat.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Where the <laughs> hell did he get a Shrewsbury top from?
2: I have absolutely no idea. I, but I found it on Tuff's. Uh, They've West got Street. it? Yeah. Uh, you know, not it, is it isn't. It doesn't come with a, complete, come with a cucumber <laughs> with <a> Tim Paul. <laughs> <four. laughs> so, Spinal Tap the band, okay? they started off which that lifelong friends um, which is um, uh, Derek Smalls no Derek Smalls is played by um, what's his called Harry Shue, isn't it yeah. so you've got Davison Hubbins played by Michael McKee, who's the one who's on the who's in yeah. um, X-Files and Nigel Tufnall played by Christopher Gass. Um they were all um, were meant to be childhood friends and they started playing together as a band in 1964 you know successfully and their first song they came out which you can see the video the video actually on the film is really grand and horrible if you look at the second disc on the DVD it's beautifully crystal clear
3: it's, it's so well done as well as that re- video it's, it's, it's really amazingly done such, it's
2: such a panache to the Beatles and also the Hollies and all the British bands that came out yeah, yeah it's a bit flower
3: pattern it was like you know to me I think it's a bit like the way uh, the Rolling Stones that only did like one psychedelic album Oh yeah, album, the That's the flap. Yeah, the way that it wasn't. Um, nah. They never could. It's never seen. Yeah. The, the, the
2: Stones doing flower power. So we'll, we'll play um, the song idea, which was uh, "Give me, give me, give me some money." Right? Yeah, yeah. Money, um, which was meant to have been done, obviously, in uh, nineteen sixty-four. Stop wasting my time. You know
0: what I want. You know what I need. Maybe you don't, do I have to come right flat out and tell you everything? Give me some money, give me some money, I'm nobody's fool, I'm nobody's clown, I'm treating you cool. I'm putting you down But baby I don't intend to leave empty-handed in Getting me right, your face is okay, but your purse is too tight, I'm looking for pound notes, loose change, bad checks, anything, give me some money, give me some money.
2: Give me some money there, Cal. Uh, now, you you just brought up a good point now about the, the one of the major differences between... Oh, look, I look, I think the oh. major... If you didn't know, um,
3: say if you were a young music fan, 18 now, you'd never heard of the two, yeah. and someone give you the Bad News soundtrack, cut all the comedy acts, it was just the music, mm. and the same as Spawn Attack, you'd think Spawn Attack was a real band. Yeah. You'd think, yeah, they're a real band, they are, yeah. who are just a bit not that great or what. <laughs> Whereas, Bad News, you'd think, that's someone pissing about, that is. Yeah. Uh, it's good, but you know it's not real, don't you? Just because the, the I don't know the, the, the songs are a bit of a joke, aren't they? Like Masterbike, like straight away, it's a, it's a play on the words. You think, what well, would someone write a song called that? Where where in Spawner Tap? It's ridiculous, but it's believably
2: ridiculous. Yeah, that's the thing. Now, what's what, what's the most funny thing on the video? about give someone some money. it's the drummer it's the drummer uh, the drummer here is uh, John Stoppy Peeps um, <laughs> who was portrayed by actor uh, a lot of you might know him from St. Elsewhere uh, Ed Begley Jr yeah. um, and in the video he's, uh, he's, he, he looks brilliant but who does he it mind it's, it's, it's our friend yeah. it's not a joke with
3: everyone with glasses no but that is the reason. why. Well, he's good but he's the way he looks up. He looks completely out of time. It yeah. <laughs> looks like he's done not know what's going on. <laughs> and he was the one. Did he say he died in a gardening accident?
2: Yeah, uh, he died in a bizarre garden accident that uh, authorities have said were best left unresolved. Do you want to know? Do you want to know a fact? That oh, this is based yeah. on the real. Do you know someone read it? Drummer did die. Do you want to know? Who it in is? a bizarre gardening accident. The drummer
3: out of Toto. Who did a song Africa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Died creosote in his fence. That's where he got it from. He no. read about it in the press that he died out in his fence, so they said it in a bizarre gardening accident. Really? Yes, yeah, drumming out a toe So, what, was he driving by fumes or well, something? Well, right? if you look at it, it's really, really vague. I think nice. basically. He,
2: he was overcome with fumes <laughs> okay <laughs> I'm sorry you shouldn't right? laugh but it's funny it is well, the, the, the funny thing about this as well is that um, in Spinal Tap they have had a rather unfortunate run with drummers as uh, they all appear to have died On somewhere, they're, um, they're following a drummer who um, will be on the, the song we're going to play in a minute it was called Eric Stumpy Joe. Stumpy Joe, pardon me. Eric Stumpy Joe Charles from 6066. He choked on vomit of an unknown <laughs> origin um, because they're not really sure if it was his vomit or if it was uh, if it was someone, someone else. It says there, uh, you can't really dust for vomit, can you? Um, so that the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, the following uh, uh, drummer after that was Peter James Bond uh, from 67 <laughs> to 77 and he was portrayed by uh, Russ Kinkle whose character was mistakenly credited by the name of the previous drummer he actually died by uh, spontaneous combustion <laughs> which apparently was quite um, uh, quite uh, do you I've heard it a million times and yeah, I'm <laughs> still laughing at him uh, Mike Shrimpton portrayed by RJ Rick Pennell exploded on stage uh, Joe Mama Bessa in 92 portrayed by Fred Asparagus okay uh, he claimed he couldn't take the 4-4 to shit, according to an MTV interview with Spinal Tapper in November 1991. He disappeared, along with the equipment, during their Japanese tour. He's either dead or playing jazz. <laughs> the name is a play on that of Joe Besser, who similarly had a short-lived and ill-fitted stint as a member of the Three Stooges. Oh. Uh, following one up from is Richard Rick Shrimpton, allegedly sold his dialysis machine for drugs, presumed dead. Sammy Stumpy Bateman from 1990-2001 dies trying to jump over a tank full of sharks while on a tricycle in a freak show. <laughs> Scott, Skippy Scuffleton, 2001 to then, fate unknown. Chris Papa Caddo, 2007 to 2008. Ethan by his pet python, Cleopatra. <laughs> and there was nine other drummers at various times between <laughs> 1979 and 1991, all of whom are sadly dead. Um, so we might as well play the, uh, the song that... Um, I think you can see that they're they're taking a piece out of the Beatles a little bit here because this next song that Spinal Tap did, which was uh, uh, "Listen to the flag, so It's so well done again, it's so well done again, especially with that. It's does like it... a Mozart symphony. Yeah, yeah, ding, 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 yeah, yeah. Um, it's the guitar it. it
3: is so it's well really
2: done. Now, look, now you've seen both videos, haven't you? Yeah. Now I, I think it is all the, the members of the band, but Harry Shearer in the '60s one because he's got he hasn't got his moustache, no, no. he hasn't got his, his, his uh, well he's Lemmy inspired yeah, beard, has yeah, yeah. he? I was thinking is that him I'm sure it is him yeah you know, it is bit weird but they all look so idiotic. and it's filmed in that American TV 70s style I think it was meant to be like the Smothers Brothers TV show it's taken ah. a bit of a bit of a piss out of um, but so this is uh, Listen to the Flower People so it's obviously really they're doing a, a bit of a knock on Sergeant Pepper aren't yeah like I
3: said it's that and the stones and that all that empty stuff just empty spiritualism isn't
2: it (laughs) so let's have uh, this
0: tune you know there's a new awareness sweeping the world these days call it peace call it love call it flower power we just call it the hottest sound across the atlantic since mrs murphy's chowder they're from england and don't let the name scare you they're full of love please welcome spinal tap (laughs) The flower people say Ah, listen It's getting louder every day Listen It's like a bolt out of the blue Ah, listen It could be calling now for you It's not too late. for me. Listen, it's something just for you and me. Listen to what the flower people say. Ah, listen, it's getting truer every day.
2: Production values again, there, uh, Cal. Um, absolutely second to none. We're Which, just, we're just it talking while it was
3: on. It's so well done. It's, um, it's unbelievably. It, I think it shows Locust for his attention to detail in these songs. The production's right, the instruments mm. are right, the lyrics are right, what the look like's right.
2: Fantastic. All right, so should we have a, a bit of a rundown of what the film's uh, all about as I read it from the script? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Uh, okay, so um, it's an American 1984 rock and roll musical mock doc- documentary. Uh, I wouldn't say musical, just because it's got some Yeah, it's it. not a musical. Um, directed by Rob Reiner, and it's all about the fictional band Spinal Tap. Now, I have a little bit of an issue now. Now, uh, saying the fictional heavy metal band because they've toured. Properly yeah, they're not at Spinal fictional. Tap. That's so it. They're not
3: fictional. There's, there's, I don't
2: think there's any difference to them. And, and they're still a...
3: going because they're still doing things every
2: now and again, don't they? Well, the inter- One of the interesting things is that the last tour they did. They were supported by their own folk band, which were they played? Oh, uh,
3: yeah, because that was that break like the wind.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, now, Rob uh, Reiner and the three actors are credited as the rise of the movie. and uh, But the reason why that is is because virtually a lot of the dialogue was ad by them. Now, <clears throat> that's become more of a common thing nowadays, mainly with lots of, like, Kirby Enthusiasm. And there's somebody else isn't there, who does that. Uh, with Well ad- I think ad- Seinfeld was done like that Seinfeld. as well, wasn't it? It must be pointed out though. Um a lot of people think oh yeah they added no it doesn't work like that. No, it still works man. like that. You still have to have a structure of a film and you still have to have a story and a direction of where you go to. Because it's like what Paul Merton was saying that um when you do uh Adlib in and in, in uh, what's it called? Um on the the stay, on the comedy um store, um Mimi. You know, oh it doesn't matter uh, improvisation Yeah, yeah. when you do improvisation it's like if I turn around to you and say well there's a doctor's going to come to your door and I'll go and you open the door and I go hello well, I'm the doctor mm. and you turn around and go I was waiting for the Coleman you've killed oh the- that's what we yeah, that's, yeah.
3: that was on the radio he said it doesn't work no, does it?
2: it you've got to turn around and say oh it doesn't matter my wife's yeah. being a lot better then you've can get. you got to feed 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 that's just made me think of a bit in bloody uh, with Liam Neeson in Last Too Short don't get i got <laughs> <laughs> Again, fair play to Leonisa. Yeah, it? that's um, So, yeah, so when you ad-libbed, there is a story uh, to it. It's just that they are makers of all. And you probably have noticed at the very beginning of the Waffle On show, uh, we had a scene from uh, uh, the Spinal Tap about making the music to 11. And that you could tell that's all kind of made up. But but the fact that the martial arts have 11 yeah. on them, he says, right, we're going to have the martial arts 11, but we need... Well, you know... You know <sighs> When I did Curb
3: Enthusiasm, I read an interview with uh, Jeff, who plays his best friend, and he says what he does, he gives him a script, and he goes, This is what I want the outcome to be. Yeah. This is how I want it to start. What's in between is up to you, mm. but it's got to end there, and it's got to start there. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, so you know what you've the got goal a, is. You, you know, yeah. You've got a capital,
2: and you've got a full stop. Yeah. I'm nicely put. Mm. Did he say that? Did you just make it up? Well, I made it up. Yeah. Well, well done. Mm. Give yourself a star. I will. Have a drink of water. Have a drink water, yeah. Um, so the three main uh, members of Spinal Tap are Davison, Hubbins, Derek Smalls and Nigel Tufnell. These are played, of course, by American actors Michael McKinnon Harry Shearer and an English-American actor, Christopher Guest, respectively. The three actors play their musical instruments and speak with mock English accents. Well, they and, said uh, it's like, not good, like, good, though, we are just saying it's not mock because I think a mock English
3: accent is someone putting on, like... Uh, you know in Mary Poppins oh Dick Van Dyke that's a muck this isn't muck because no. it sounds English They do if I it. didn't know you'd say that I thought they were English when I thought so And yeah, I was a kid here, I that. thought they
2: were because they've even got accents yeah, they've even got accents yeah. anyone can do a posh English accent yeah anyone can pretend to be Hugh Van yeah. all, you, all you've got to do look here's a lesson to anybody wanting to pretend to be English for a bit if you want to do your Hugh Van you say Bath say Grant, yeah. and do anything with an aunt. Yeah. And that's how you get away with it. Because you can say anything. It doesn't matter where you come from. You just say Grant, Grant, Aunt, Aunt. But like, well, they don't. No. They say uh, it with, yeah, a, with a, a colloquialism. Could, that, yeah, it's my
3: second thing. He's got sort of that, like, Gary Oldman. Oh, uh, it's yeah. sort of a bit camp and cockney at the yeah. same sign. And he's got <laughs> it, doesn't he? Do you,
2: no, Slightly diverting as we do on offline. I watched uh, and thoroughly enjoyed, and I, this is not for tonight, this is not for now. Cause no, it's not okay, okay, we'll no, this this will be for Monday, but I really enjoyed Tinker Tailor of and But I'd really like to have, hear an interview with uh, Gary Oldman now, because I'm sure when he was younger, you know, uh, and he was in his his kind of like uh, meantime days and, and all that, yeah. that he put that accent on a bit. So, South, it was a little bit South Camp Land, yeah. kind of thing, because I don't think he does sound like that anymore. But uh, I will would Well, I'll, his accent was like,
3: uh, when he was younger, was like. Uh, uh, Betsy in, uh, oh in um, the uh, firm, the firm, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what he's saying but right right. he doesn't sound like now. No, does he? I think
2: he's kind of lost that. But I will say, and no, I say we'll talk about this more uh, later. Uh, ten out of ten for Tina Towers yeah. t- I loved it. Tom I mean to- it, fifteen minutes.
3: Need-
2: the only bad thing about Tom Hardy now is that he has the worst wig out of all of them. <laughs> but I tell you what, I think it's the best in it. Or, it's Colin Firth. Or. But anyway, let's uh, go on. Um, more about that later. And um, yeah, so. Rob Reiner appears as Marty Duberg, the maker of the documentary. And other actors uh, of the movie are Tony Hendry the group's manager, Ian Faith so, under, so underrated I think he is brilliant. We a to Zeppelin bloke in that manager, yeah. Peter Grant. Yeah, yeah, Peter Grant. Yeah, because is, there's a joke in it with the cricket bat. The cricket bat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, for anybody who uh, knows me from uh, doing the writing on Trexus Sci-Fi, one of my characters in that that I wrote for the story was a security chief on the on the enterprise. Not the enterprise. It was a ship called Diablo, and he would walk around with a cricket bat yeah. so that's the uh, things if anyone got that well done to you um, Jude Chadwick is St. Hobbins' interfering girlfriend uh, Jeannie who is annoying as hell which
3: is meant to be Yoko Ono really, it is meant to be, be yoko. Or, or, Lynn, or Linda McCartney I, I, mm. I think
2: either one uh, actors Paul Schaefer uh, now Paul Schaefer plays you know when they turn up for the record store signing and there's no one turns up and he, he, he's bending over the desk saying <laughs> <"Spangled> <laughs> that's Paul Schaefer who I, I was looking do you know who Paul Schaefer is? Uh, what's he I know uh, his face Paul Schaefer was the uh, original keyboardist and musical composer for Saturday Night Live uh, he was also the keyboardist on all the Blues Brothers albums but was not in the film because the contract he's most well known now for the musical guy who talks to David Letterman you know when they have their banter he's got oh, a bald and, he,
3: yeah, and he'll do the b- that's it yeah, yeah. B-
2: duns, which we can't do over here in England it fails no, no. Um,
3: but what we like, that, like that, that that bit's a really sad bit when no one turns off because we have saw it a bit like that It <laughs> old Pat Roach <laughs> Pat- no
2: you- no it wasn't Pat Roach it, it was, was uh, I can see where you're coming from there it was like seven and there was no one there there was no one there <laughs> we, we, really are, we were huge we are huge fans yeah, really like, there
3: was no one there was that yeah. it was, it was, it was and Greg Grunberg like, remember him
2: remember Greg Grunberg yeah, charge he me. charged you and there was no one there no, for £20 him. £20 for an autograph and then they wanted 20 quid for a photo and he looked so embarrassed and I went, no, nah, you look alright. Mm. That's just embarrassing. Um, sorry, you're going to say? No, because like, there's something very sad about that is it
3: know, that well, I,
2: very funny. I always kind of turn around and said that. We, we, I was talking to them about this, right? Um, uh, I've got a book thing I've got to send off and the company, the publisher that, um, I've got a couple of publishers and the one thing I'm dreading is they turn around, thankfully the one doesn't do it, but the one turned out, oh, you know, you, you do the odd book tour and that scares the hell out of me because the one thing I would never ever want to do is have to go somewhere unless he was part of a festival where there's loads of people going to be there and I have to say hi here's an extract from my book but if it was just you and you're sitting there and you're thinking oh god no one turns out It must break your heart he you must break your heart because the trouble is that someone might come to buy your book so there's no one there exactly. and not buy it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, other actors uh, Fred Willard he turns up as the army guy the guy in charge of the army base where they go and play uh, Fred Deshner, Bruno Kirby Howard Hessman Ed Begley Jr. as we said played uh, Kel's favourite drummer Patrick McNee legendary British actor who plays the chairman of the EMR yeah. Angelica Houston yeah. Uh, Vicky Blue now Dana Carvey, do you remember who Dana Carvey is? Dana Carvey's uh, Wayne's Wayne World, uh, yeah. He plays the mime artist with Billy Crystal. Because Billy,
3: Crystal, Billy Crystal's line was uh, made up a spot. <laughs> remember, Mime is Money. Mime is Money. That was an ad wasn't it? <laughs> because Christopher said he didn't, he never knew that was coming. And that's where Billy Crystal's brilliant at things like that. Though you know it? what I, I know people knocked
2: him for his Oscars. Thing. It's like not he been was born in last minute, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it's not been that. better than when he does it. When he does it, it's fantastic. Just keep Billy Crystal singing. No, and <laughs> you I don't want—I don't want. want Why was it the one that? Yeah, um, your man who was in uh, Spider Man. Oh, well, and look, he was really, in the man who looked uh, like he was always really stone because they reckon <laughs> Which, he was, but it was meant to be
3: Eddie Murphy, wasn't it? But
2: yeah, he, but it
3: like, out. I think he would have been good doing it, but what what, what, what was the reason? No, though was something. It was some racism right thing, wasn't it? I don't know.
2: Do you only think, think Eddie Murphy could have pulled it off? If Eddie Murphy, had, I'm an Eddie Murphy
3: fan. no, I love his, you know, I love Bevil's no, Cup. It's look, wicked. I'm a,
2: I'm a fan of Bevil's Cup. I'm a fan of trading places. Yeah, yeah. I like um, coming to America is uh, good. Coming to America, yeah. Not to count the Golden Child. Um, you know, Bevil's Copy, obviously, he's fantastic. But really, he hasn't made a good film. you years. know what I think? His last one was his
3: last good Steve Martin film, Bowfinger
2: Yeah, so I so, say, yeah. No, he's really good here, mate. he because he successful
3: with racism, and he's giving him Shakespeare, and he goes, Shakespeare? What? You want to Shakespeare? You've become an African. <laughs> and I just thought that was a really classic
2: line. <laughs> oh, <coughs> I was nearly, nearly checking on the. Uh, and the memory there—that um, was sad for. No, I think that's, 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 very, that's, very, that's very sad. Don't bring, it, don't bring it down at the end now. This is not going to be a suicide thing. Start, I think like, it's because it? I was just looking at the drama thinking. Okay, now they all play supporting roles and cameo appearances. Actress uh, Brinky Stevens and Linell Quigley appear as cameos as groupies of the band. Now, in 2002, this act was deemed culturally historical. Or aesthetically significant by the Library of Congress and was selected for preservation by the United States National Film Registry.
3: that that you know, it's it's like when you're in The Simpsons. Yeah, you know you've, you you are you know, part of lied. the
2: culture. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is what we were talking about a little bit earlier on about bad news here. Uh, the movie uh, cut a little too close to home for some musicians. Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, D. Snyder, and Ozzy Osbourne all reported that, like Spinal Tap, they had become lost in the confusing area of a backstage. And that's brilliant, isn't it? This um, is it, rock and roll you have seen that, <laughs> and uh, they the, the janitor stand yeah. there. All right, singer Tom Waits claimed the cried upon, cried upon viewing it and Eddie Van Halen has said that when he first saw the film everyone, in the else, everyone else in the room with him was laughing yet he failed to see the humour as everything in that movie had happened to me Van Halen has said so it's about right I suppose when you think yeah, you know. Eddie Van Halen's up his own ass, anyway I don't really get into <laughs> I'm not good <laughs> a good fan of Van Halen no isn't that a little thing as well Wow, <laughs> talk about David Lee Roth's sexuality. Let's not oh, know. that's oh. who I was getting confused. The yeah, right. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a bit. Isn't he? Wasn't he? Did Girls Girls Girls? No, he's guy. He was a big piss take. Yeah, because isn't he the one with the video and he's in the swimming yeah, pool with yeah. all the women? And he that's says what he on, always yeah. says that you look back and he said you can see I was taking the meat.
3: Do you not, the not the think
2: that's like George Michael in uh, the early? Yeah, uh, I uh, always he's part part
3: playing around with his image. It's obvious when you look back. What yeah, if, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the Faith video. Yeah. It's so obvious that he's gay in that video. Uh,
2: yeah, you're. Is he you're looking at Andrew Ridgely? Yeah, and uh,
3: Club Tropicana. It's so
2: gay. Good song, though. Good song, yeah. yeah. Um, all the people who have been to with that now have suddenly turned off. <laughs> what? Fucking <For Kim-wan? laughs> one! <laughs> oh, dear where were we oh, I've lost my place now anyway um, George Lynn saw the movie oh when Doken's Dokens, do you know Dokens. yeah Doken? uh, a yeah. band called uh, Don Dokun Don Dokun good man uh, when Doken's George Lynn saw the movie he said to have exclaimed that's us how'd they make a do movie know about us he used to wear a wig long wig because he was getting bold. oh really
3: yeah that was the thing he it was, it, it, it was like he was obsessed with it and uh, he, he'd never head banged and he used to stand really still on the stage and that was done but the reason he stood really still because it's he because couldn't do weak. it, it was because he could come <laughs> off Really? See, that's how hilarious it
2: is. is. <laughs> uh, Glenn Danzig had uh, a similar thing. He was in the, used to be in The Misfit. Oh, and uh, no, he turned around and said, This is just like uh, my old band. Uh, now, I'm just going to read this back. I haven't actually. There was a bit I put on here because I saw Pete Townsend. I don't know whether he was going to comment on it or something like that. Because you never know who Townsend is. So to uh, Pete Townsend's 85 album, White City, a novel. The back cover describes Pete Fountain, a famous guitarist. Visiting the title location is seen by an old childhood friend when Pete mentions an incident where his drummer complained that the caviar in their dressing room was the wrong <laughs> for throwing. The friend notes this is Spinal Tap is obviously a true story. Now that's one of the things in Spinal Tap where they're talking about the the, so, the miniature bread. He's, he's
3: obsessed with this because he can't fold it over, his head. Yeah, you're not meant to, are No, you're not meant to. <laughs> I think a lot of it as well portrays the, the small-mindedness of a lot of these English bands as well mm. that they went to America and they were completely lost yeah they'd never heard of after this stuff this food they'd never heard of the country was they were used to like, like driving an hour in a motorway, and that's it these were like driving for days I think that's where love is they completely get lost in America don't yeah, they
2: yeah yeah and they're lost in the whole thing of unusual meat yeah small pieces of bread um shall we have one of their songs shall we so we'll, we'll have what should we have okay, pick one, pick one hellhole hellhole okay so we're going to throw in a uh, uh, hellhole uh, turn it up ladies and gentlemen
1: the window's dirty, the magic sticks, the sale place of the I don't care Love to the song is traffic, the booze is hot The kitchen stays its my The same way man i back To where I started i back into my hand Yeah, we're be going
2: You can uh, hear a keyboard there, keyboard keyboard, a keyboard. A keyboard. <laughs> a keyboard. <laughs> a keyboard there, Cal.
3: Yeah, no, it's one of the he's one of them he's just really funny the keyboard, is he? It's just because he puts some of the most ridiculous faces on stage when he's playing that keyboard.
2: No, the keyboard here he's uh, played by CJ Vanston. Ironically, that's his actually his name, isn't it? He's uh, a <laughs> Caucasian <laughs> Jeffrey Vanston. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he pulls some really weird... No, he's, of of
3: he's, like, he's dressed up like the living dead for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: which is a bit weird. But yeah, you were saying that it was like uh, Deep Purple, wasn't you? And it's, also a little bit like um, Rick Rankman. Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's sort
3: of... Because there were a like, lot I think, whereas Bad News was, you know, rock metal. They were sort of rock prog, wasn't it? Yeah. Like John Lord do you know what I mean it's all that kind of thing. it's sort of going off into it and that's where their, j- their jazz leanings come in because that's very really much inspired in the mean, I think they all want to be jazz musicians
2: now previous keyboard uh, keyboard and backing vocals were uh, now you'll notice that when I do some of these names might ring about okay so uh, Jan van der Krek in 65 Tony Brixton 66 Nick Wax Dickie Lane Billy uh-huh. Upham. <laughs> the names are brilliant I think it Denny Upham Oh my god Ross McLaughness <laughs> It's the one we killing on, McLaughlinus. Savage played by David Caff. John Sinclair John Carin and Jamie Cullum Blast of ah. V 2009 He played the- oh, yeah. amazing okay. uh, Bass guitar and backing vocals uh, Actually Vic, Vic Savage also played keyboard bass I do <laughs> uh, Backing guitar uh, Sorry bass guitar and backing vocals <laughs> 64 <laughs> Rolly Pudding, <laughs> <laughs> that that. Danny Jarman, Dave Gilmore, Ah, oh, Tim Renwick, also know one, Pino Palladino, well known, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Cody Weaver, Jarvis Cocker, Jarvis, kind oh, uh, amazing, in, 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 I didn't know that. I wonder
3: if that might have looked at it on YouTube
2: for that. Yeah, uh, actual of drums and percussion, Gary Wallis, Roger Lewiswood, Mick Fleetwood, uh. and uh, Todd Schuseman, and of course, as well, they a tambourine. Tambourine, that's not really. A... Oh, Janine, of course, she played it. Steve Irkin, Oliver Wright, <laughs> hope, Probably possible, people know. Uh, anyone, anyone else famous on there? Oh, okay. Session members Dweezil Zappa. Yeah, there you go, Frank Zappa's son here. Oh, yeah. Sure. Slash, who does Break Like the Wind. Steve, yeah. <laughs> Steve Lacklather on uh, Break Like the Wind. Joe Satriani. Yeah, there's some impressive people on there. Jeff Beck, it? Timothy B. Schmidt, Steve, Steve, Boyle, Boyle, Steve Boyle, Boyle, John Mayer, and, and Phil Colon. Come yeah, exactly. He's He's flipper isn't it? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, I think that's, that's a a pretty, pretty impressive thing. But you pretty know, you know, hard
3: hard know when you're doing well, when the people like that want to work yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I think everyone. Because I think when they first bought that, out I think they were scared that they were, they were, the metal were going to react to it. But everyone
2: knew this was it was so
3: real. Yeah, it was so real. It was brilliant. Also,
2: because it's British. And I think because it's British, it's like. Right. Oh, yeah, it's I crazy. think
3: everything would have been American, I, again now I always think so. if that was an American, mm. if that were playing the American, but would it be the same? No, I just don't. You because know, some kind of monsters are lot like that. The Metallica mm. film, isn't it? No, is that the one where um,
2: we we fell out of love with? Um, that,
4: that
3: no, happened. no, it's it's so humiliating that thing. Is. Yeah, the
2: fellow that he decided to wear glasses at the side party because he had a bit of a yeah. No, because touch. he gave up
3: drink and then he forced him. And he can only work for three hours a day. It mm. couldn't be after nine o'clock. Yeah. And it was like, it's so ridiculous, even though he realises that himself mm. now. Yeah, yeah,
2: you he, he knows. Again, maybe he had to go through that to get that out of the way, maybe, do you think? Yeah, I just think it was such a,
3: because he was a, such a massive drunk. I think mm. he wanted to go, up, but I think now he's sort of calmed down again now. He's yeah, like, yeah. well, if you want to
2: have to drink that's fair enough. Yeah, but is on your own. Talking about uh, Metallica dicks. Lars Now he told the press conference crowd that the Metallica Stroke Guns N' Roses 1992 1992 tour seemed so spinal have this tour was in support of Metallica's own black album of course not the black album because he's like smell the glove album. yeah yeah <laughs> the smell the glove Yeah. the smell the glove arm of Tap is what the film's based on at the beginning uh, was deemed too sexually offensive because it had a woman tied up and having a glove stuffed in her face so, yeah, and, yeah. That, and the manager goes trust me it wasn't a glove they wanted to have in her face <laughs> like. and so what they did was they produced the black album because the woman said what the Beatles white album no he's got to say that
3: the classic line saying uh, don't you think that it's really sexy it's what's wrong with being sexy yeah it's sexy it's not sex.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, he's Metallica's own black arm. Now, shortly after the tour started, Metallica's James Hetfield suffered third degree burns on his arms after he stood too close to a pyrotechnic. Earlier in at all, backstage at the Freddie Mercury tribute show, Metallica met with Spinal Tap and discovered how their Black Album was an homage to Spinal Tap's mother Glove. Uh, this was captured on uh, that the Metallica film that they did at, yeah. at the time. Now, the, just talking about Metallica, like, now Cliff Burton, legendary bassist, mm-hmm. uh, one of the only bassists to be able to headbang and thrash his bass at the same time. That's why the songs are better with Cliff Burton. Yeah, in sadly, the sadly by being crushed underneath his... Um, of uh, the tour van well like that's that. where James Hetfield's drinking come from
3: because it should have been James Hetfield in that in that bed he swapped yeah. at the last minute and really why, that. that's why he always felt guilt things in the life you can't predict it can you yeah, but that's where yeah. his guilt come from uh, survivor's guilt survivor's guilt yeah yeah,
2: yeah. Um, so all the other kind of stuff that I noticed when I was watching the film uh, did you notice something where they've all got the cold sores on their mouth and the nose no always, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah on the next scene it's not there yeah so you can going to think well where did that go well that's it
3: I think it's good because I think if they did that film now right it'd be full of sex and drugs and then two things they never really mentioned in it no where it's funny now you look back people always do it oh the way they're all junkies and shaggy nose it you didn't need it no that's what's brilliant about it it's funny because that film you could, a kid could watch that yeah, because was
2: nothing offensive, really. nah, and it. No, and as, as we were saying earlier on as well, there's also a certain sadness to this film as well, where you know the the, the girlfriend comes in, she starts to interfere, and Nigel Tufnell feels pushed out because they're and best the friends, and that's yeah, it. yeah. Um, now a little bit of history here about how the the band came about. So, um, and again, this is took from their website. Uh, uh, officially spelled Spinal Tap with the two two dots before the above the n. Uh, God knows why that is. um was originally a comedy pilot for the TV show oh, right. uh, starring Rob Reiner the sketch actually a mock promotional video for the song Rock and Roll Nightmare it was written by Reiner and the band and included songwriter-performer Luden Mainwright III do you recognise that name?
3: Oh, it's uh...
2: Rufus, Yeah, Rufus's dad, yep, yeah, Rufus him, dad yeah. who was on keyboards later the band became the fictional uh, subject of course of what we're talking about this is Spinal Tap um, there was an album that came out obviously that you can go and get there's a few things... Oh, The Folksman is what we were talking about. That's ah, their, that's yeah, their yeah. Tribute, uh, tribute band. Now, I think one of, the, one of the best scenes in that... Now, this is a question I'm going to ask you. Um, one of... What was the thing... Uh, what was the thing? Stupid thing to say. The band come up with this idea during the song Stonehenge. We're going to play a little bit of it because you don't, we don't get the full song on the stage of having a full size um, you know one of the brickworks yeah, of Stonehenge yeah. and he writes all the details down on the napkin and hands it over to the person who's going to make it and she makes it to the scale <laughs> of the drawing on the napkin which is also interesting that's really over the top. It's a bit like uh, Iron Maiden's Eddie who comes on the yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah. A little bit like when I saw ACDC you know, you know whole lot of, uh, yeah, the Rosie yeah, coming out. The Rosie out. coming out. Is there any other bands Do you think that that's kind of like taking that homage to? I saw out?
3: it. Me and my mate Ray went to see Billy Idol. Don't you? I saw Billy Idol with yeah, yeah, the, I the big Fist come The big big out. Fist coming out. Say, you're me middle finger. It's so <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Isn't it? But you know that Stonehenge thing is supposed to be based on a real band. I uh, think he, he would never say it was, but I—I I think it was Hawkwind. Yeah. I'm sure <laughs> Hawkwind had a bloody muck mini. Stonehenge on it's
2: stage did exactly never do anything like that
3: Gosh, uh, yeah because they are all into all that crap went yeah. into Alistair
2: Crowley and all that weren't they yeah, we? yeah, yeah. so you think you think it's Hawkwind? I think it's Hawquin because they were very much into that what's really funny about that I so we're going to play this song now but what's really funny about that is when when they're playing the, the bit where the leprechaun he oh, right, goes into the Irish and the, goes in the Irish, right? and he turns around and looks and he just looks down it's... at it and then he looks the contempt in his face and then look at the manager who looks away so let's have a little bit of the song there's only a small bit of it but uh, this is uh, the song Stonehenge
0: in ancient times hundreds of years before the dawn of history lived an ancient race of people the druids. No one knows who they were or what they were doing, but their legacy remains. band was down i think that the problem may have been that there was a stone monument on the stage that was in danger of being crushed by a dwarf
2: had to uh had to add on a little bit of um old uh, <laughs> talking about about the dwarf because it's a brilliant scene isn't uh, it like i
3: said i remember we used to again it's nothing like bad news we always watched before and we'd die at that bit wouldn't we <laughs> we'd be dying put it on every week and still it's still hilarious it's oh, yeah. like i said. It's the look on their faces... Of to, just yeah. total what the, hell's what going the on hell... What the hell have we become... And that's the thing is They know <laughs> they're a joke in that thing... And that's what's... is that bit,
2: a bit of sweet in there... Yeah, because there is a scene in it... Where that, that they one of their old songs is being played on the radio and they all, come, they all sit around the way and they're appreciating it and, he goes, uh, and that was has been bam, spy, no because
3: and, that's folding in the where
2: are they now well, are they? yeah and the look on there oh, just, like, and you think, yeah. it must be oh, horrible God. when you're in it yeah.
3: and you know, like I said I know a lot of these bands have lucky things you know they've had a great life but it must be horrible when you've been out
2: of fashion and you're well, just on the way down that was a little bit like Queen wasn't it because I mean Queen had kind of like hit hugely Bohemian maps in it was only one was in only the world, wasn't it that got no what it was was it, oh. obviously you had Bohemian maps and it got them really big and really huge and then round about 79, 80 they were as, like, a little bit of a joke band you know a little bit of a novelty yeah. act on there. well of course what it was was Live Aid that kicked them off because yeah. they had the thing with, with South Africa and South Africa was before I think it was so that hadn't gone down too well And it, but it was Live Aid and it was Freddie Mercury getting everyone to do you know just the <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of thing and that's what, that's what uh-huh. got them back without that they would, they would just have yeah. carried on just... well they were
3: never taken seriously in rock music no it was, you know you wouldn't get a person who's into Led Zeppelin and say I love Queen as well because mm. they was seen as a bit big gay a bit theatrical a mm. bit car and
2: I say crap because yeah. I like a bit of I
3: love, I'm not a massive fan of Queen but I can understand why they're good I'd never have a go them mm. they're not my favourite band if
2: you, you had to choose between Led Zeppelin and Queen who would you choose Led Zeppelin really you, you, I know you
3: like Queen don't you
2: yeah how many of Led Zeppelin albums do you know I mean, How uh, five, Queen albums, you, no. mm, you see. Uh, yeah. I, only own the greatest hits. I'm terrible. I do own three Led Zeppelin albums. I like, yeah, only own one. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, I suppose so. thinking about it. But there again, those. There again, you find yourself. You can drift different and moods, on isn't it? Queen yeah. kind of like a pop band, right? There's a pop, band. We don't Yeah, right? yeah. 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 it's a, a way pop music. Man. But guys, you know, we were saying towards the end of the film, it's Spinal tap. T- um, Tufnell's left. And and so they're playing on their own, and then Dom the goes, Can you play the bass like the guitar? And he's going, No, no. We can do the keyboards. And he, he it's really touching because he comes in and says, Look, our, our single's gone to number one in, a, in a, I think, is it Big Bottom, that's yeah, 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 it, yeah. which we're going to end with. Um, and he says, I just want to you know if we could do a reunion tour, and I just walk off on the stage. And he goes and watches them, and it's really quite nice the way he looks like and he can't help himself. And he just yeah. he goes, Come on. And he goes, Me, he goes, Come on. And he plugs his hand back in, and you get the airport thing, Come on, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> 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 and then they carry on playing it, and that's how it actually ends. Yeah, no, It, so it actually ends quite nicely. So, listen, before we're going to end the podcast, on uh, now, as we're looking at the screen now, it's an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to play uh, Big Bottom to end the show, and we might put a Prime 1 afterwards, but that will be it because it's quite a long show. Uh, Cal, your final summary between the two, the two films? Well, like I said, I think um,
3: if you want one liners, mm.
2: it's bad news. Yeah. If you want... if you want, I just thought, oh, I just thought of that. You know that being in Bad News where they're driving around in the van and dead wanker? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that's what i say. But if you want a better film mm. with a beginning, a middle
3: and an end, yeah. I think Spongebob... Like I said, comparing them is a bit weird because even though they're the same thing, they are very, very different kinds of films. Yeah. Like, the, the, like the writing in... Obviously, we said it a million times, in Bad News, he's just... He's, it's their personalities that carry that film. It is because you fun. love Rick Ma We love Rick, you know, Rick and Aid so much, and No Doubt Planet at the time. Yeah. So you want you love anything they did. And I think we, you know, you, whereas Spinal Tap, it's so bloody good. You don't even know the actors. Yeah. You believe you're watching a real. You never think that'd be bad news. No, never I totally
2: agree. Totally. you and, 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 and musically wise, as oh well. yeah,
3: it's far superior. Like I said, I've got Spinal Tap and Bad News on my iPad. I listen to the Bad News ones when I feel like I'm a bit pissed off. I can listen to Spongebob ones any time. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like a proper song.
2: It? it is like a proper song of the time as well. Uh, yeah, of really. the time, and I think it's funny because the two songs that we played earlier on the uh, listen to the flower people and give me some money are songs I think that don't really that you can tell that from that supposed to be the season 70s but you could put them on any time. Yeah, yeah. I think with the heavy metal stuff like how and uh, big bomb, they do sound like that the '80s kind of Definitely song the that that means to well, be. Well, yeah. But they are they are, um, they are you know really really good songs. But you know, it's in the
3: two films that have been part of our growing
2: now, all of these are available. So you can buy... I, mean, I, I, I suggest if you don't own Spinal Tap and you don't own bad news, go out and buy them. Because people, can, people in the
3: States more for bad news. More because for think, bad news. You probably I think, don't
2: yeah, know it. Yeah. And, and American listeners, look it up on YouTube if you don't want to buy it. understand that. There's loads. Just type in bad news, comic strip bad news, and you'll find a load of stuff on there. And the same is Spinal Tap. I so say There's loads of extra bits on Spinal Tap. And as what uh, Turman said, Spinal Tap are still touring, so you know you can still see modern day stuff, and they got their wigs on and all that. Yeah. Apart from Harry Shearer, who does actually go out and b- grow his old massive beard, <laughs> which, which is always really good. Uh, I don't know. He was banned from the Truman Show uh, premiere. What was it? What? Yeah, because he he was in the Truman Show. He played um, um, Ed Harris's assistant in, it, in ah. that, it. so he never worked with Jim Carrey, and he was asked to write a diary for a journalist, and he did. And he wrote, a type I never, I never worked with Jim Carrey throughout the whole of this film because none of his scenes, his scenes, yeah, really yes. much." And the the newspaper put it as Carey uh, ignores so and so, uh, and the producer of it um, turned out him from the, from the ridiculous. And and uh, and how she said, "I've still not seen the film show." I won't pay him the seven dollars. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Fair play. To so, um, do we know what I'll are you next?
3: We, we don't, don't know do we? yet. No, no, we're gonna check
2: our Facebook page. Uh, it'll be up on it. I have an idea where it's going to be, but.
3: It's not going to be for a month or so now, is it? Because uh, do it. No, I'm going to do one. I'm doing. I'm going to do a one, 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 one.
2: off I might, I might do one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah right, I've got to kid the show again. I might do one. I uh, on might try and get somebody else in. Um, but Kel will be back into in two episodes time. Uh, I'll be back next uh, next month, I think. <laughs> is. Who knows? Time's just going too fast. Uh, so before end, uh, cheers for uh, the show, Kel. No worries, mate. And here is the Spinal Tap. Um, big bomb. Quick uh, warning here. Uh, anyone who, because we do have a couple of listeners, our friend Joe over in uh, Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, She did. We um, were little. And there are a few it's, innuendos it's quite in this it. song. <laughs> it's quite a mood song. So turn it down. Plug your headphones in and giggle away. We'll see you next month. Take care. Bye. Do you remember playing great PC games like King's Quest, Command and & Conquer, and X-Wing? Do you remember spending hours tweaking your configsys and autoexec bat files to eke out just one more K of conventional memory? If you do, then you may be interested in my show, The Upper Memory Block. Every two weeks we talk in-depth about a game, game series, company, or technology from the DOS and pre-Windows XP gaming era. We'll discuss the story, gameplay, and technology of the games of the time. But more importantly, we're going to focus on what made each game special, interesting stories from their development, and how they shaped what PC gaming is today. If you remember gaming in the late 80s and early 90s, or you're interested in finding out more about it, come join your host Joe in the Upper Memory Block. That's the Upper Memory Block podcast at umbcast.com, or find it on iTunes.
4: Have you ever experienced uncontrollable bouts of geekdom? If so, the Anomaly podcast may be right for you. In clinical studies, anomalies interviews, convention reports, commentary on geek culture, games, sci-fi and fantasy television, literature, and film provided a feeling of fullness while promoting health for optimal geekiness. The Anomaly podcast is not suitable for all people. Only geekily active cool chicks with a healthy sense of humor should listen. Geekily active cool guys should listen too. Anomaly has resulted in sudden fits of squee. Broad smiles may appear without warning and could become permanent. The most common side effects of Anomaly are unconsciously joining in the Gamma Quadrant golf clap, out loud, at work, to the amusement of co-workers, and attempting to interject opinions aloud to hosts who can't hear the listener. But in all cases, the benefits outweigh the risks. Ask your Anomaly if you're healthy enough for entertainment of this caliber. You don't need a doctor's messy handwriting to obtain a free subscription. Anomaly is available over-the-counter at Stitcher Radio and in the iTunes, Zune, and BlackBerry stores. You can also stream episodes of Anomaly and Anomaly Supplemental at anomalypodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. Just one one one-hour episode provides 24 hours of relief and never leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Music by Jewelbeat.com If you would like to voice your opinions in written or vocal form, then please do email the lads at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com and await your views to be aired and then royally torn apart or praised. If you stalk the Internet and hide in such social networks as Facebook, then why not join the group page? It's easy to do. Just type Waffle On Podcast in the search bar, find the page, and join. This has been a Waffle On production. Copyright Simon Mettings and Mark C. Kelly, 2012.